Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, these, everybody out there, thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. It's the show where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city. And here we are in our, all in our respective bunkers, day 190,000 or something. I don't know. I don't get these things where people, oh, it's day, it's day 68. When did you start counting? It's, it's, I don't know. We all started counting at different times. We all started hunkering down at different times. (sighs) Um, Well, I'm out of alcohol, people. That's my crisis. And that's probably why I'm a little cranky this morning. However, I have a great guest and her name is Fawn Zarge. I'm going to make sure the studio audience, yes. Fawn, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good. You look, you look none worse for the wear. You're, you're quarantine going okay? It is. You know, all things considered, I can't complain, really. That's things what You can if you want to. This is Boston. We can be bitter. <laughs> we can be bitter. So Fawn is an expert in employee training. She is someone who combats employee burnout. She's a, what, a self-proclaimed resilience specialist, which is good because we all need some resilience. Did you know resilience and resiliency means the same thing? A com- com- completely extra word. I never Dude. even thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> you, I wouldn't expect that you would. Most people, most people don't because it's kind of a point. I, I, when I was a writer at Lawyers Weekly, I was writing something. And I was looking up the difference between resilience and resiliency, and there was none, and it made me a little angry. Anyway, um, so font first. I, gotta, I mean, I have to tell our listeners, funny story. I, I'm preparing for this uh, interview, as I do the extensive research that the crack uh, research department here at, at the Boston Podcast does. And by that, I mean the seven minutes before the show where I tried to brush up on what, sh- what fun does for a living. Um, it occurred to me that we had met years earlier. Don't worry, nothing scandalous listening audience, but Fawn was dating my fraternity brother. This is back in, uh, can I tell people when it was? Yeah, sure. <laughs> years and years ago. Well, I, okay, we, we don't, well, I'm dating both of us, I guess, but. That's okay. How many years ago was that? That was uh, a lot. That was 29 years ago. Oh God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, and, uh, Fawn doesn't remember me because I'm not that memorable, but I, I remember I, and, um, did it come back to you at all when we started talking about it before, before the podcast, Fawn? A little bit. I'm I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure it will more as I think about it. You did confirm that it's you. Yes. A hundred percent. Fawn spells her name F-A-U-N, and I, I'm not saying that's why I remembered, but Fawn's an unusual name. But anyway, so, and by the way, her website, best way to find you, Fawn, uh, website, zarge.com, Z-A-R-G-E, yeah. okay. Exactly, so, just like large, but with a Z. Large with a Z. Instead of an L. Very good. Um, 
I like my large with a Z. That's it's a it's a better way of spelling the word. So tell me, um, I said resilience specialist. Is that is that accurate? Is that kind of at at the core? You counsel companies to keep their employees resilient, keep going, keep trucking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I really focus on burnout and resilience issues, and I work with companies delivering trainings and workshops, really trying to help them create you know, workplaces where people want to go every day. And then I also work one-on-one with folks because people, you know, in general, I think a lot of people really like the work they do, but they're working really hard. And so if I can help them sort of keep at it in a way that's healthy and lets them, you know, stick with what they want to do, um, then that's a, that's a good outcome. One thing we like to do in our, our days at Penn was we would play foosball in the basement of our fraternity house. And he was actually better than me. Good foosball player. For those that don't know what foosball is, it's that table game with the soccer players with no legs. I'm sure that makes it very clear. Anyway, I noticed on your site, you say employees don't, not, don't want the foosball table, which is obviously a symbolic thing. Um, I remember, as you do, as I hope most people remember, there was this movement in the, was that the 90s, I guess, of the, the dot-coms and companies letting their hair down and companies trying to woo talent by saying, look, we're fun. We've got a ping pong table and a foosball table. So why yeah. anti-foos? fun. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think, I think everybody really gets it now, right? I think that, as you said, there was this, you know, big movement to sort of demonstrate how cool we are, how fun we are, we're going to feed you, we're going to make it really fun to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, those things are fun for a little while, but it's not really what people want, right? I mean, mm-hmm. people, people are looking to be challenged every day when they go to work, go to work, they want to feel like they're supported. They want to feel like they're growing. Um, and so it's not that those things aren't good. It's just that people are looking for more than that. Um, in, o- in other and- words, yeah, yeah. Perish the thought, actually enjoy the work and not the break time when you go play some game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Enjoy the work and enjoy the people you're working with. And I think, and I think that that sort of has been the biggest challenge, right? People always say, um, and I don't know who initially coined it. I definitely did not, but you know, people don't leave companies, they leave managers. Right. Mm. And it's, and and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot about who you work for. And, And that's not to say that, that, you know, everyone works for people who don't want the best for their team. But, you know, a lot of people haven't really been prepped to be in that role. They don't necessarily, um, they've never really been given the tools to figure out how to, um, you know, support their employees the best way, get feedback, develop them. And, and so that's really what people want. And if you get that, then, you know, it's great coming to work every day. You feel like you're, you're growing. And I worked at a law firm for about a, I don't know, a year and a half or so before I went over to a newspaper called Lawyers Weekly. And the, the, it was weird because the law firm had wonderful people that were enjoyed all the people, but, but it, as it happened, the work was, it, it is what it is. You're a first year associate at law school, you're a law firm, you're doing black and white research that is not exactly compelling stuff. So I was bored right. and I went over to Lawyers Weekly within the first week I had written the story. It appeared on the front page. I was very proud of myself and yeah. it was not like the greatest story in the world. It was just about some legal case, but I was very, and immediately it, it dawned on me. Yes, you can enjoy, you can enjoy what you do. Ironically, like later in my spell there, I had, I had good managers. I had bad managers, but there was a time when I had on paper what was my dream job. And yet my boss and I did not get along and I just hated going in every morning. So right. can you, 
So can you fix a bad boss? I think there are a lot of things to do. And it's not to say, you know, I want to be really mindful. Like, I really don't think that people go in and say, I want to be a terror every day to my employees. I don't. I I think there are a lot of managers who are barely keeping their own head above water and they're lying in bed at night thinking, you know, how do I do this? How do I do this better? Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think some of it, you know, some of it is, um, you know, more sort of broad training for managers, but some of it are small tweaks. And, you know, like, here's, here's an example I hear all the time. Like, I hear from folks, they'll say, you know, I really have a, a good manager, like they're, they're good people, but they constantly email me on Sunday afternoon, they mm. constantly email me late at night. And they say, don't, you don't have to answer any of my emails. You don't, you know, you don't have to. But at the end of the day, if you're a high performer and your boss is emailing you at those hours, you're going to feel like you for sure. have to respond, right? Yeah. And so yeah. just even just a small adjustment, helping a manager understand, look, if, if Sunday afternoon or late at night is when you work great and you want to catch up on work, that's fine. Just maybe leave them in draft form, schedule them to go out right. the next day. It's, yeah. you know, sometimes it's just those small changes that make a huge difference. I agree. And you're right. It's that, that's powerful no matter how, and, and it's, um, you know, people in general, at least, well, our generation, I don't know about you millennials, sorry for throwing you under the bus, but we, you, you're, we're trained to respect our bosses. And so we're, we're trained to maybe even get a little scared when something comes from our boss, you know? And so, oh, totally. and yeah, and so that communication is, is so important. And, you know, I, I only have one, uh, one employee here at the Boston Podcast Network, but um, I've managed people over the years and, you know, Managers don't realize that, you know, let's say an employee has worked all week and as it happened, you just haven't given that employee any feedback. And then the one thing you say on Friday afternoon is, geez, you're a little bit late of turning in that thing this morning, right? And that yeah. employee has probably worked on 20 things during the course of the week that they're very proud of, worked very hard, and then maybe did, you know, one tiny little misstep and that employee is crushed because it's like, you didn't notice all the good stuff I did. Do you see that oh, kind of thing? Oh, totally. I think that's so spot on. Yeah. I mean, because people want all sorts of feedback. People want the constructive stuff. They want to know if they need to course correct, if they're on the right track, if they need some, you know, need to make some changes, but they, they do need the, the good stuff. They need to know that um, whether, you know, the, the report looked great, the presentation was well received, or even if it isn't a specific outcome, just that, that as you said, that you noticed, you noticed the long hours I was putting in, or you noticed that I took the time to, you know, help a colleague out and, and step up to the, you know, when I didn't necessarily need to, those things really fuel people. Are there other things you've mentioned a couple? So I'm sorry, I hope I don't ask you to repeat yourself, but are there uh, hallmarks of a great place to work? I'm always a little, eh, a little suspicious of when those lists come out, like the, you know, the hundred best places to work or whatever, because uh, those, they strike me as popularity contest and I don't know, but, but tell me it's, it's not food. It's not, it, I mean, the foosball table and the things like that um, might be nice, but tell me some things that when you either you suggest them or you see companies that are doing these things, you're like, yeah, they got it now. Yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, it's so interesting that you mentioned those lists because I, I have the same reaction when I see those lists. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those companies legitimately belong on those lists. They really are doing a lot of amazing things and have created an incredible culture. Um, and some of those companies are on the list because they have certain policies in place. But at the end of the day, as, as we were talking about, you know, it comes down to who you report to. That's really what's going to 
drive the experience that you have every day. So I, I think it is a lot of communication. I think that makes a very big difference. And I think also making sure that people have opportunities to grow and develop. And the only way you're going to get that is if you're communicating with folks and finding out what it is that they want and what it is that they're looking for next. You know, it's about managing people in a way out of their job to get them into their next role. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, because people feel really motivated by that. You know, I think it's super interesting what you said earlier when you were talking about, you know, you want to sort of step up for your boss. And I think that's one of the, the, the big um, sort of misconceptions about mm -hmm. burnout, right? People think burnout's all about working tons of hours, like too many hours. And no question that can lead to burnout if that sort of goes on too long. But people don't realize that it's often those top performers, those people who are so responsive, who burn out first because they are the ones who are least likely to say no to right. their boss, right? Yeah. They're, they're, the one, they're the ones who are going to say, yeah, no one else wants to do it. I'll do it. And then, and then, you know, the first time a manager's finding out that someone is burnt out is when they're sitting across from them saying, I took another job, right? right. And, and so it, it's really, it, it's so much about managers not making it all about the six month and annual review, but having just an ongoing dialogue, constant culture of feedback. Yeah, you're right. The reviews, and I've gotten reviews like this in the past where um, I've gotten great reviews, I've gotten shitty reviews. And occasionally the, the shitty reviews will be, I will read the thing and, and I will be shocked by things <laughs> that are in it. Like I had no idea this guy hated my guts as much as he did. <laughs> and the other thing that, the, but the thing that, and you know, the, the, the cardinal sin, I think is I had never heard this stuff before. And it's like what you just said. It's, it's, if you have good ongoing communication with your employees, then that kind of thing won't come as a surprise. And the review will almost be, you know, perfunctory. Like, yeah, okay, I know all this stuff. Yeah, no, 100%. There's nothing worse than getting corrective feedback that you could have received four months ago. You, you basically feel like a fool. Like, why yep. did you let me walk around continuing to make that mistake when you could have told me? Um, so what can managers do to make employees feel loved or at least feel listened to without giving them bonuses? You know, I mean, you know, we live in a, it's, it's a world of sales. Like so many people, no matter what they do, they, they are in their performance measured and they get oftentimes rewarded with money for what right. they do. But there are other ways to reward them, right? And to commend them. Right. Well, I, I think it, de it depends a lot on the size of the organization and what kind of resources are available. Um, you know, you know, as we keep talking about, people want to grow, they want to develop, they want new skills. And, you know, sometimes promotions or moving into another role isn't even always possible in a mm -hmm. smaller organization. But, you know, you could offer your employee the opportunity to shadow someone you know, 10% of the time or to, or to, you know, take on a project outside their department, find out what it is, you know, where they want to expand their skills. I mean, maybe you have somebody who's uh, working in, I don't know, maybe in, in sort of more of a technical role, but want some exposure to marketing for some reason. Um, but you've got to have those conversations and find out. And, and the great thing about it is that if you're, if you get creative and you're able to do some of that for, for people, um, the organization wins too. I mean, everybody yep. wins if everyone in the organization has a better understanding of what's going on, you know, in different departments. Um, you know, and, and I would say the other thing that people, I mean, there are lots of things that people want, but people want flexibility um, mm -hmm. in a huge way. That is, and we're certainly, you know, a lot of us are talking about that right now because we're, some of us are getting a, a taste of that that we didn't necessarily have. Yes, a strong dose of it. 
<laughs> exactly. Yes. But what what um couple things you said were just terrific and spot on. The 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 idea of shadowing uh another uh you know, employee who does something different or a senior person or heck, you're the boss, have the person quote unquote shadow you and not even like you don't even have to do that for a day. I'm remi- in in of course, you know, Vaughn in New England we make stupid uh, football analogies. So, but I remember, so our, our beloved uh, Bill Belichick, you know, used to report to Bill Parcells and I remember seeing a special about them. And so he was his assistant coach and Belichick recalled that Parcells used to call him in his office and say, Hey, Bill, let me show you how I do this. And so it was this thing that only the head coach really had to do. But his thing was, you know, someday I hope you're a head coach somewhere and someday you may want to know how to do this which was very interesting because they both come, come across as totally like nar- narcissistic, self-centered assholes. But anyway, um, but we love them because they win football games. But, but right. I thought that was, in, that was interesting. And that's something I probably didn't employ. To. I used to manage as much as, you know, as many as, you know, 12 direct reports and maybe 40 or so people, small company, but still there's a lot of opinions and a lot of uh, people to, to think about. Um, the thing I used, I used to try to do, you can grade me and tell me whether this is good or not is, is I try, try to keep my eye on like people who are working particularly hard, maybe on the verge of burnout and just have, have done well. And maybe, you know, there's not money in the budget for a bonus or a raise, but you call them in the office at, you know, uh, Friday morning and you say, I just want you to know, I appreciate how much, how hard you're working today. And why don't you, um, you know, finish up what you need. I know you just got here, finish up what you need to do and by like, uh, you know, 10.30 a.m. or whatever, you take off. You, the rest of the day is yours. And by the way, here's a $100 gift card. Maybe tonight, you know, take your spouse out to dinner or whatever. And that only cost me a hundred bucks, which is, you know, uh, uh, you know, a shadow of what a, a real bonus would be like. But the fact that it sort of come, comes out of nowhere and the fact that, that it's done well, hopefully from the heart, right? You like that Amazing. one, Fran? Amazing. Okay. It's so good on so many levels. You know, the, the unexpected nature of it, the fact that there's the gesture to actually give them something financial, even if it's not, as you said, on the, on the, you know, the, um, you know, the same level of, of, as, of, as a uh, bonus. But, you know, I think the biggest part is just the acknowledgement. It's just, you know, just saying, I, you know, I see what you're doing and I appreciate it. That's huge. Right. People want yeah. that so badly. And, um, you know, it really, it keeps, it keeps people motivated. Yeah, it's, for it's sure. It's hard to stay motivated if you feel like your work isn't being noticed. Are you a fan of the TV show, The Office? No? Believe it or not, I've maybe never watched a full episode, which right. will, which I, my, my children will be horrified that I just this interview is publicly over. said that. I know, right? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> it's horrifying. No, the reason I mention it is because, and it, it could be any of a number of, of TV shows, is, is there's the mis- mismanagement and poor management is played for comic effect. And, you know, although you, you haven't watched the show it's in the zeitgeist. So I know you know who the, the character is, the Steve Carell character, Michael Scott. Yeah. And he's inept and he, he somehow makes everything about him. And he may succeed in the end because he's got a little bit of heart in there. But um, you've seen, um, but you've seen bad bosses and right. And usually, and you said before, it's not necessarily that they're a bad person. What do you think it is? What do you think is tends to head people down the road where they just make their employees miserable? 
I, I honestly, I think a lot of people are moved into management because they were really good individual performers. Mm -hmm. And so that's like the next promotion for them is they are suddenly managing, which may be great and may be in fact what they want, but they haven't really been trained on how to do that. No one's really right. prepared them on how to do that. And, and I do, I think, I think for so many of them, it's so stressful because they still have all of their responsibilities and now they're managing and they feel out of their element and um, you know, they just, they just need some support and yeah. some training. Right. Um, yeah. Man management training rather than just promote the next person in line. I, I'm no sociologist or whatever, but I think that's the Peter principle where you, you know, you got the best mechanic on the lot. You take that person and make it, make him foreman. He has no business being foreman because for all you know, he doesn't even know how to speak to people professionally or, or whatever and or, or reasonably. And then you lose your best mechanic as well. So, right. yeah, so don't right. do that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you know, it's funny, you know, I think it was going on right now with, with everyone working remotely and, um, and in really unusual situations where people's families and roommates are in the background. Like, I, I really hope that that's going to change sort of what the dynamic is like when people return to some form of normalcy whenever and whatever that that looks like just because it's it's kind of you know what i like to refer to is it's it's rehumanized work like you now realize okay. yeah. yeah like you you now realize that you know your maybe maybe your manager who you always thought was very demanding and spoke sharply like you've heard them speak you know, maybe kindly and sensitively to their daughter who walked into the, the Zoom meeting um, yeah. unexpectedly, or managers now realize that, you know, the employee who, you know, runs out and annoys them by running out at the end of the day, right at five o'clock, is maybe rushing home because, you know, an elderly parent lives with them. Ooh, and, I like, like this theory. This is brilliant. Yeah. You know, so people we, getting like a peak. We're getting, we're getting a literal peak into their lives and their homes. Yeah. Right. Because we, yeah. we work so hard to like keep those professional boundaries, which is important. I'm not suggesting right. people overstep them, but right. we really had no choice but to take a little look behind the curtain. And, um, and I hope that people remember that because people are dealing with all sorts of really complex, challenging situations. And those situations are still going to exist when people go back to a more traditional way of working. For sure. So, so that's, that's, um, a great segue to what I was going to ask you about. Usually I handle the segues on the show, Fawn, but um, I'm going to let that one go. By the way, <laughs> by the way, Fawn, this is, these are, these are golden nuggets. I, I love the advice that you're giving. Fawn, Fawn Zarge, again, um, employee burnout and resilience specialist. Just go to Zarge.com. It's Z-A-R-G-E. Like she says, large, except with a Z. I, I take it you continue to talk to your clients virtually, right? Uh, has it been a sea change and, and, two-part question. Are you, do you find yourself counseling people now on not getting burned out given that the human interaction is limited and that we're all in this Zoom, this prison of Zoom? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, yeah. in, in terms of things changing it, the funny, mm -hmm. the funny thing to me is that when I first started doing this work back in, since we've already dated ourselves, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll continue to do that. So when I first started doing this work in the mid nineties, that was when everybody was talking about work-life balance and work-life balance this and work-life balance that. And that was sort of the big conversation. Um, and then, you know, after I'd say by certainly by like the early two thousands, mid two thousands, you couldn't even say that phrase without people rolling their eyes. Right. So I stopped using the phrase work-life balance because people would say, what is that? That's, you know, um, and we sort of had to change how we talked about it. And now, 
everyone wants to talk about it again. Like you can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't, you can't ignore it. It's, you know, I mean, I tend to talk about it as work-life integration and we are certainly living work-life integration right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so I think that's been, that's been one of the, the big changes in terms of what people are talking about. And I think the other thing when you were asking about, you know, like helping people navigate this working from home. Right. Yeah. It's really, really hard. I mean, people, people are dealing with such difficult situations, right? I mean, my kids are older, right? They're high school and, and college age. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty self-sufficient for the most part. Um, I mean, they still ask me what's for dinner every night, but, um, but they're pretty <laughs> self-sufficient. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people who are working with little kids at home or caring for older relatives, or maybe, um, maybe they're, um, you know, with a, a roommate, who they thought was going to be a great roommate, but not necessarily the, someone they wanted to spend 24 hours right. a day with. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of things that people have to like put in place to make sure that they're taking care of themselves and they are getting a chance to breathe because there's, there's actually a, a, um, a tendency to overwork yep. when you work remotely. Because you, you're, you're in your office 24-7 essentially, right? Yeah, because you you're in your propelled. office. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're yeah. in your office, and also you're you're trying to you're trying to make sure that there's always this worry that do people think that I'm not working because I'm at home, right? And so you almost work harder to demonstrate that you're super responsive. I'm going to get back to that email, and you yep. you go the extra mile even more. I think that's what people do. I think they they get a little panicky at home because they think working from home is goofing off, and it 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 provides sometimes provides the opportunity for goofing off. But I think you're right. I think most people are wired that other way. And something you said reminded me of uh, something I learned as a manager. It, it, it's interesting. You said you get a peek and these, these people are real people. And it, it might be a good lesson for managers to sometimes invite people into your world. A li- I mean, we don't want too much information, but you know, <laughs> to show if, if we can see the boss, you're human, you've got, you know, kids throwing spitballs at you just like we do or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, when I was first promoted to manager, um, I was told by the boss who this particular boss just did, wasn't a very good boss. But anyway, this person said, you know, Dave, now that you're the boss, you can't like be goofing around and going out to lunch with everybody on the staff and like going out to the movies with them. You know, you got to be the boss, you know? And so I, you know, took that for what it was worth. And then at a different point, a different person who was kind of just smarter at this stuff said, I wouldn't change your approach at all. Because if they, if they, because the, the theory is you're being promoted because you're well-respected among them. If yeah. they respected you for behaving a certain way and you get promoted and you start behaving a different way, they're going to be like, oh, great. Now he's a jerk all of a sudden. Right, right. That, yeah, I, you know, I think, I think that's, that's totally true. And I think managers really do need to, to model certain things if they want their, their team and their employees to um, sort of, conduct themselves that same way as well, right? So, you know, one thing that was coming to mind as you were saying that is um, I often hear that people say, you know, that, oh, my manager encourages me to, you know, go to my kid's recital or, you know, mm-hmm. leave work early if I need to do those sorts of things. But my manager never seems to do that. So I don't really feel like I, I can do it myself. And, and so I'll often tell managers, you know, if you want your team to really do that and, and, and which will make a really big difference for them, then the next time that you're heading out to your daughter's soccer game at three o'clock, 
don't just leave or don't just say, I'm going to be offline for two hours. Send your team an email and say, hey, I'm heading to my daughter's soccer match mm-hmm. at three o'clock. If there's an emergency, text me. Otherwise, I'll be back online at five. Right. Like, that's really powerful mm-hmm. when, when you're willing, as you said, to be a little bit more vulnerable and open yeah. as a manager about what's going on in your life. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think people will respect you more. Absolutely. Um, we are up against the clock a little bit here, but I'm having too much fun with fun. Um, once again, Zarge.com, Z-A-R-G-E.com. Um, we're going to play a session of good stuff where Fawn, who has had very little preparation time for this, I'll give her, I'll give her that, um, will recommend something good as we do for, to our listening audience about how to survive this apocalypse or, uh, excuse me, pandemic or whatever the hell is going on. Um, and uh, before we do that, just want to remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. It's pod617.com. Would you like your own podcast? We can produce one for you kids. Now, not such a good time to start a podcast. Au contraire, we would say we will ship you out a USB microphone. We've been producing podcasts remotely since we opened our doors a few years ago. And so we are adept at doing it now. We'll do the whole thing from soup to nuts. We will record you. We'll patch in your guests remotely. We'll edit. We'll put in the nice music. We'll make you the next big podcast star. Go to pod617.com for all the details. And by the way, if you'd like to be a guest on this show, or if you have a friend, contact anyone who's a business owner, is doing something professionally that they want to remind their audience and all their customers about, I'm thinking restaurant owners or others, um, send them my way. We will have them on this show for free. They can come on and pitch anything they like. I mean, within the boundaries of good taste, of course. But anyway, email me, david at pod617.com. We'll get that done. And once again, if you want your own podcast, it's pod617.com, the website, the Boston Podcast Network, in pod we trust. All right, let's play good stuff. You know... Most guests dance a little bit during the good stuff theme fawn. She's got her arms crossed. I don't like the nonverbal communication that you're sending me. I'm just kidding. I'm, 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 jo- I'm joking. We're on a Zoom call after all. There's only so much you can do. Do you have fun, a recommendation, something good that has uh, maybe brightened your spirits a little bit in these challenging days? Um, you know, I think that the thing that has been the most fun um, has been that this is like given me and other people the time to like reconnect with like old friends, people I haven't talked to in so long. So I was really into my, my youth group in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm still in touch with many of the peop- those people through Facebook, when there's certainly not everybody. And um, one of my friends organized a reunion mm. by Zoom a couple weeks ago. And it was amazing. And How, and many, we how were, many people did you get on? about 50 were on 50? this this yeah wow. and it was so funny because someone was texting me during it saying is it just me or is this awkward because the first i mean and it wasn't awkward the whole time but the first like 10 minutes we were all just grinning and and just scanning <laughs> like staring at the screen because oh, right, oh, you, oh there's you could, there's there she is and there yes, she is yeah exactly so you know whether it's a, a huge group or, or just a few people i have and i know i'm not the only one who's experienced that i think it's been amazing it's just you can reach people now you can you know it, people aren't running around as much we're, we're all really busy with our lives but um but i don't know i think this situation has afforded a little bit more opportunity to to do things like that and it's been amazing absolutely now with the 50 people on the call i'm just curious was was someone kind of hosting and was there an agenda 
Was everyone just kind of talking? Because <laughs> no, it sounds but like there chaos. should have been. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. And with 50 people, I, 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 geez, I give you a lot of credit um, and a lot of patience for those on the call. I, I imagine it's fun. Like you said, there's no doubt. I did one with um, my, some college buddies. I've done one with camp buddies. And those first few minutes are so cool when you see people pop up that you haven't seen in a while. And like you say, I mean, it's giving us, we shouldn't have waited for a pandemic to con connect with all of our old friends, but you know, right. sil silver lining, right? Um, yeah, my thing is if, when you do it once, it's fun. When you do it a second time, you gotta have something, a game. And uh, this is the tip I've been giving to our listeners. You know, do a trivia game. Do If you go to, let's see, jackbox.com or jackbox.us or something, it's, there's, a, there's a, game, a trivia game called You Don't Know Jack and there's an online version. And you can, just, you can do it on a Zoom call and then you just share oh, your cool. screen. Yeah, and it'll, it'll keep score for you and everything. And it's not just trivia, it's other stuff. It's like word games and stuff. So, you know, something to, something to do. Um, yeah, so I should check that out. We've done in my family, we did... Uh, the my mom's maiden name's O'Neill, so the big O'Neill clan, all the cousins and and second cousins, and we have a pretty big group every Sunday night. We take turns hosting, and you have to set you know what the agenda is going to be. And we did a film festival. People submitted short videos that they had either you know done themselves, like little jokes about people in the family, or even just a funny thing that you saw online with you know dogs battling for a bone or something. So that's a great I, idea. Yeah. I like that. So the, yeah, the virtual thing, the other thing that's weird is this probably happened on your call Fawn is our tendency is when we see a screen with, even with like, you know, as many as a dozen or even more like 20 boxes of people, you look and you see someone and you're like, Oh, I want to see, say something to Steve. And so you naturally, it's like, you look at that spot on the screen, like he can hear you and go, Steve, now he can hear you, mind you, but everyone else can too. And it's like, Hey Steve, what's up? And it's like, no, you can't have, you, I mean, I know there's a way to go into a different room, but, but you can't have you, you, people. I love when people are trying to do little side conversations and it's like shouting going across. So totally. yeah. Wow. At any rate, uh, we are, like I said, up against the clock, but fine. I hope you had fun. Did you have fun? This was great. Thank you so much. This was so fun. So I've repeated your website ad nauseum. I'll do it one more time. Zarge.com, Z-A-R-G-E.com. Is that the best way to get in touch with you? Just go to the website? Yeah, you can go to the website or you can email me at Fawn, at, so F-A-U-N at Zarge.com also. There you go. You should email Fawn. She's well-connected. She knows a lot of people. She's the go-to person for so many in my network for employee burnout and resilience uh, helping. <laughs> She would have said it better than that. Anyway, she's awesome. By the way, I didn't mention you've been quoted in the New York Times and you uh, work with many Fortune 500 companies. You know what? Go to the website. Read her bio. It's good stuff. She's impressive. You get it, people? Thank you Sorry. so much. Sorry to sound angry, Vaughn and listeners. It's quarantine talking. At any rate, thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. Like I said, if you want to be a guest on the show, david at pod617.com is the email you should use. On behalf of my old friend and my new friend, sort of, Fon Zarge, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. Please try to get to the liquor store before it closes. <laughs>